Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 230. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Thanks for listening, and thanks for downloading, and first-time listeners... Welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au, and we've just landed in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show for 2017. It's actually the 50th CES, and we'll be taking a look at what we can expect to see. Also on the show, LG's amazing new audio products and how to find the best mobile plans to suit your needs. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Optus Home Wireless Broadband, Oppo's new 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc player and the Foxtel app just for kids. And we're going to finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show for you, so let's get cracking. Well, as we mentioned, we are here in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. It is the annual event, the world's biggest tech trade show. And we this is the 13th year in a row that I've been coming to this show. And it is the showcase for all the major companies to unveil the products we're going to see not only this year, but also the years beyond. Uh, a lot of the companies time their, their new releases and their announcements for this event. It is huge. And we are here to cover every bit of that for you. Now, we, sh- we mentioned earlier, it's the 50th anniversary of the Consumer Electronics Show. CES was held for the first time back in 1967 in New York City. And, ha- and since that time, it has become the go-to event where companies have unveiled their latest technology. And we're, we're talking about uh, household technology that you've known for decades was seen for the very first time at this show, at the Consumer Electronics Show. And over the years, since 67, here are some of the products that were unveiled for the first time. And in 1970 was the VCR, the video cassette recorder. 1974, the laser disc player. Fast forward to 1981 and they introduced the camcorder and the compact disc player. In 1990... Uh, 1995, I should say, the DVD, that's Digital Versatile Disc. Now, the V does not stand for video. Digital Versatile Disc. 1998, we saw the first high-definition TV. 1999, the first PVR. They called it back then a hard disk VCR. 2001, Plasma TV and the Microsoft Xbox console uh, was uh, introduced at the show. 2003, Blu-ray disc and the competing format at the time, HD DVD, and we know who won that battle. 2008, we saw the first OLED TVs, that's organic light-emitting diode TVs. 2009, it was all about 3D TV. 
2010 tablets uh, after the introduction of the iPad, of course, that year. And 2012, we saw the first 4K Ultra HD TVs. And last year, the, the theme was all around augmented reality, virtual reality, the Internet of Things. And this year, we can expect to see a bit more on the augmented and virtual reality side. But also, in we're going to see a lot more around smart home automation, that Internet of Things, where wireless devices talking to each other. And we're not talking about devices that are just from the same company. We're talking about cross-brands cross, cross brands here where a standard is being established where all these devices can connect to one another, no matter what brand they happen to be. We're gonna, I'm expecting to see a lot more wearables this year as well. I think, though, we've reached a point where there's a bit of wearable fatigue around, and a lot of people are thinking, well, it's kind of looking a little bit old at the moment, so there really needs to be a boost in the wearables department there. What that will be, we don't know, but we're sure that there are plenty of things in store in that category. We're also going to see, we're expecting a lot of health and biometric products. So health, I think, is going to be a big seller of devices in the years to come. Anything that can you help you monitor your health, uh, give you an idea of the state of your health, anything like that, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of excitement around. Of course, the advanced drones are going to are going to be on on show here at CES as well. The drone section of the consumer electronic show, I can tell you firsthand, has grown incredibly over the last few years. It went from being just a couple of a couple of booths in the southern hall to this year now being an entire section of the show, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. We're also going to see some things around robotics and automation. There's a, a lot of that going on as well. And, of course, a lot of household devices, entertainment devices, things like TVs, audio systems, and their new capabilities. I'm, I'm anticipating in the smart TV space that while the quality of the picture probably can't get any better, we've already got 4K, and I even saw the, on the larger TVs here last year, 8K, resolution but what i think you're going to see is the the consolidation of your tv in your home as being a central hub to control other products so that whole internet of things set up and your tv could be the master dashboard the, the console in your home that connects it all i think we're also going to see a lot of announcement around content distribution we all we all know very well that netflix and stan and those other type services have really been become very popular here in australia and i think that content deals and distribution of that content is going to be a big part of ces this year as well because we've got all this great hardware and all this great quality uh, but the content is really is king around uh, when it when it comes to when it comes to showcasing the these products, the quality of these products, and I think we're going to spend spend a lot of time looking at things like that here as well. On the audio front as well, I'm expecting a lot more connectivity. I think that the audio technology has really improved. We've seen the, a rise in the number of sound bars on the market. I think that the technology around creating a sound bar that generates this virtual surround sound is something that's become really popular. I think that's only going to get better and better. We're going to see more things like Dolby Atmos, more things about HDR, that's high dynamic range with the TVs. Dolby Vision is another form of, of HDR that LG is already pretty heavily invested in. So uh, it is going to be a really interesting show. 
It is held at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is off the Strip. For anyone who's been to Vegas, the the Vegas Strip is where all the casinos and hotels are. But the Las Vegas Convention Center is actually off the Strip. Uh, it is a, a bit of a, a bit of a journey from the strip. The there are two this year. There are two press days. So the, the show proper starts Jan five, January five U.S. time, which is early Jan six in Australia. And there are two press days this year. So the third of January and the fourth of January are the two days designated when all the companies hold their press conferences one after the other, and where they all announce what we, we can expect to see on the show floor. It's going to be a big show, and we hope you can tune in to Tech Guide to get to our website every day so you can see all those latest announcements and all the news and anything you want to, uh, that you want to find out about CES. We are going to be covering it at Tech Guide with stories, with videos, social media posts, plenty to look at at our site for CES this week at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, one of the products or a couple of the products we're going to be seeing at CES has already been announced, and they're from LG. These are some new audio products that have been pre-announced. They're going to be part of LG's offerings of the new products that will be showcased at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas this week. The first of those products is the PJ9. This is actually a levitating portable speaker. The speaker floats magically above this magnetic base, has a turbine blade design, so the grills actually wrap around the top of the speaker to offer 360-degree omnidirectional sound. It has a 10-hour battery life, so while it's hovering in midair and and streaming your music, you can play music for up to 10 hours. But here's the thing. When it's time to recharge... The speaker, the PJ9, while it's levitating, it knows to when it when it gets short on power, it actually lowers itself to the base and then charges itself wirelessly from that base and all without even interrupting your music. Then when it's fully charged, it'll lift up again and levitate magically above that base using strong mag- mag- magnetic fields. Uh, that, that uh, from the base and also built into the speaker to create that magnetic field to hold it into place. We saw a similar product earlier this year for all the Star Wars devotees, including myself, the levitating Death Star speaker, which I'm actually looking at right now on my desk here in the Tech Guide studio. It, uh, it uh, was the first speaker of its kind to offer that kind of levitating feature, and LG have obviously followed on there, and I'm looking forward to hearing that when I get onto the LG stand. But that, that is not the only audio product that LG has unveiled ahead of CES. There are two sets of wireless earphones that they are also debuting at the show. The first is the LG Tone Studio. Now, think of this. It's a neckband that has speakers built on top and two vibrating speakers on the bottom. So it's like your own personal surround sound system that you wear around your neck. So while you're watching your movies or playing games or streaming your music, whether it's from a mobile device, your phone, your tablet, you can have this surround sound experience wherever you go. You can actually enjoy that on the move. 
The other product that they announced was the Tone Free. Now, this also has a neckband, but the the actual earbuds are wire-free, so they're not even attached to each other with a cable. They go in your ears individually, no cables to be seen. When you've finished listening, you pop them back in the neckband so they can be recharged. So that's also their charging station and a secure storage spot as well. And you can also use the, the tone free to make and receive calls, and the neckband provides the vibrating alert. So if you've got the earbuds in, you can feel the vibration of an incoming call or message, and you can then respond accordingly, whether it's uh, replying to the message or, so, or, or answering the call, rejecting the call. You can also control all of that with a voice command with the LG Tone Free. So it's a Tone Free, the Tone Studio, and the PJ9, the levitating speaker that we're looking forward to seeing here at CES. But LG's already given us a bit of a taste. We've actually put pictures and stories up so you can see these for yourself at techguide.com.au. Now, mobile plans, you can't have a mobile phone without one, but finding the right plan for you can be really difficult. And a recent study actually by Finder says that there are more than 13.4 million Australians, that's 64% of the population, prefer sticking with their existing provider despite knowing that there are better plans out there. It is better the devil you know, according to 64% of people. Finder, they surveyed 2,026 customers and found that of those people, only 36% have actually switched telcos in the last three years. And of those who decided to stay put, to not change, 68% did that because they liked being with the same company. One in six, that's 16%, stayed loyal because there wasn't a lot of choice in their area. They may live in regional areas. 15% said it because it was too much effort. It was too much trouble to change plans. And 7% just found it all too confusing. So there are better plans out there. But the message here is that it's just too hard or we couldn't be bothered. So you really should take a look at what, at the plan you're on. If you're, if you're on a month-to-month plan, if you own your phone, that gives you the flexibility to look around. And with that, it gives you the freedom to change from one plan to the other to get the best possible value that you can get. Now, just a couple of tips here for choosing a mobile phone plan that suits you. And the thing that you need to do is to to find a plan that fits in with your usage. What I'd suggest is to get hold of an old bill, see how much data you've used in a month, and take a look at what's out there. And there's no point, if you're using eight gigabytes a month regularly, no point really going on a five gigabyte plan and paying the excess data fees. It's worth spending that little bit extra money to cover you with that amount of data. I've heard of plenty of people who signed up for two-year contracts and thought, yeah, the, the, the highest data at the point at that time happened to be, say, five gigabytes. And a year later, that five gig wasn't anywhere near covering their monthly needs. Our monthly needs change. And over time, we're using more data. So what happens is that person's paying an extra $10 per gigabyte block. So that's an added $30 to this so-called capped plan. You have to remember, a capped plan, the capped amount is the minimum amount of money you're going to pay per month, not the maximum amount. And, and there's a lot of people who bust their caps all the time. They go over that cap limit 
and are paying more money. So if you're regularly going over your five gigabyte cap, maybe using eight gig instead, you'll pay an extra 30 bucks a month. You may find that just moving up to the eight gig plan, maybe the next plan up may only cost you 20 bucks a month or even less $15 a month. It's still less than that additional 30 you're paying because you're busting your data limit. Just some hints there. Another thing to look out for as well, have a look in the fine print. Now, there are a lot of plans that offer what you perceive to be monthly plans. And a lot of them offer uh, 30 days, 30 day terms. So each, each billing period is 30 days. But you have a look at some other companies that offer prepaid or even postpaid uh, 28 day periods. And if you do the math and put divide 365 by 28, you're actually going to get 13. So that means in a single year, there'll be 13 billing periods for those plans that, 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 that turn over every 28 days. If you've got a 30-day plan, of course, that's going to only give you 12 billing periods per year. So take a look at that as well. It could mean the difference between staying on a plan and going up to the next one or going to a different plan because you're paying one. If it's a 20-day plan, you're paying one additional payment per year. So really get your calculator out and do the math and see if it's worth your while to pay that extra amount per year. Uh, the, the, data, the data limit, the data allowance is really critical, I think, to finding a plan that suits you. Pretty much every plan nowadays includes unlimited calls, unlimited text. It's the data that we're using that is, is contributing to that additional cost per month. So really shop around. There's some great deals to be had out there, not only from the major telcos like Telstra, Vodafone, and Optus, but also companies that on-sell services like Ovo Mobile. They use Optus's 4G network. Kogan Mobile use Vodafone's 4G network. Amasim, another Optus 4G network user. Boost, they use Telstra 4G. Woolworths Mobile, they also use parts of Telstra's 4G. Via also use Optus 4G Plus as well. So it is worth a look to find a plan that is not only affordable but also meets your needs. Check that fine print. Make sure you're not getting you're not getting hit with those extra payments because you haven't read the fine print. Anyway, we've outlined some of those plans for you to look at. And if you want to check them out, you can find them at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Tech Guide. First up on the Tech Guide reviews this week is the Optus Home Wireless Broadband. Now, we gave this a bit of a go at home here. And it, it offers you a home broadband plan that runs off the Optus 4G network. 
So it's a really handy, really easy to set up solution if you are living, of course, in good reception area on the, in the Optus network. And the easiest way to find out about that is to go to the Optus website. They do have a page where you type in your address and it will tell you whether you're a viable customer for the Optus home wireless broadband service. We did it here and we, our address came up with the big thumbs up and we were able to connect our the modem. Now the modem comes, it's, it's a beige colored modem, not too big, really easy to, to fit in a corner or, or to keep it out of sight. And on board this modem is a SIM card. It's actually made by Huawei, uh, this product. It's a, it's a Huawei modem, wireless modem, and it has a built-in SIM card. And all you have to do is simply connect it to power. The SIM card is then activated and then finds the Optus network. And then on the front of the device, you'll see some lights. And then once you see the blue light that suggests you've connected to the network, you're ready to go. So what happens from here is the modem creates its own wireless network and you simply join that network from your laptop or from your tablet or smartphone or whatever device you happen to be using and type in the password. All this information is located on the back of the modem and, and then you're connected to the internet. Now they offer speeds of up to 12 megabits per second. That's upload speeds and download, sorry, that's download speeds and upload speeds of one megabit per second which is pretty respectable, 12 megabits per second. Uh, we were getting about four or five megabits per second download where we live, and that was fast enough to surf the net pretty easily, use email. Uh, was probably on the border for, to, to stream Netflix, which, uh, which is possible even with four, three or four megabits per second. So it is a handy solution for someone who wants something that's really easy to set up. So say you're renting a property. You don't want to have to snake cables and drill holes through walls and set up all that sort of stuff. Really handy to set up if you say, a student in shared accommodation. You can just set this up as your own little network. Uh, and, and really simple and affordable too. It's $80 a month, and that gives you 200 gigabytes of data. Now, there are a lot of people who don't have fixed wire, fixed broadband, which means they don't have either ADSL or cable. Up until now, the only solution for those customers was to buy a 4G dongle, whether it's connected by USB or creates its own hotspot, and you're paying probably about 60 bucks a month for like 5 to 10 gigabytes of data. Now, with this solution, for, for, for 80 bucks a month, you pay, you're getting 200 gig of data, and if you, uh, you can do 10 gigabyte top-ups as well for $10 each. So if you want uh, 220 gig in one particular month, it's going to cost you an extra 20 bucks. But 200 gig in a month, that's a lot of data for anyone to use. And, and the attraction of this is that it's really simple, really easy to connect, really easy to set up, and, and, and really easy to use as well. So uh, if you are a renter, you don't even have to ask your landlord for approval. You can simply connect this to a power, and once it connects to the network, you are connected to the internet. Really easy. So easy to set up. No technician required. You get a reliable connection. The modem is, is stylish and discreet, not too big. Uh, network speeds, of course, will vary depending on where you live. So do check the Optus website for that information. So you type in your address. Uh, but overall, I think it's a, it's a handy solution, really easy to put in, and fast enough if you're in the right areas to have an uh, internet connection using Optus's 4G network. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, there aren't many 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc players on the market right now. Well, in Australia, up until now... 
there was Samsung released their first player, and then the, the next company to release uh, their player was Panasonic. And both, uh, both have been reviewed here on Tech Guide. I'm a big fan of the Panasonic player. But there is a new player in town, and it's, it is from the high-performance AV product manufacturer, Oppo. Now, this is the same company that produces smartphones that you may see, those affordable smartphones. But Oppo, even before they were a smartphone company, had made their name in the AV business. I myself have a high-end Oppo Blu-ray disc player, which is seen among cinephiles, home theater owners, as one of the top Blu-ray players to own. Well, Oppo have followed that up with the new UDP203, the company's first 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray disc player. And if it does follow in the same high quality as the Blu-ray disc player, then we're in for a treat. I haven't actually reviewed this as yet. I've only just seen the specs and have written about it on Tech Guide, but I will get my hands on this in mid-January and do a complete review. Now, it does support 4K playback, of course, and that's a resolution of 3840 by 2160. That's four times as many pixels as a full HD Blu-ray disc. So well worth a look. The UDP203, it's got a brushed aluminium front panel, steel chassis, gold plate connectors. It also supports high dynamic range, which if you've got the, one of the latest 4K TVs, you'll know all about. Brighter brights, blacker blacks, and everything in between has an amazing contrast range now. So you can see a much sharper, a much clearer uh, picture. So that higher resolution uh, is, is incredible. And the, the UDP203, of course, has a customized quad-core video decoder and processor. So it has got a high-precision laser optical disc loader for smoother playback, playback of disc media. So we're talking about not only 4K discs here. You've got to remember that this is also backwards compatible, so it can play Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, DVD, DVD audio, SACD and regular audio compact discs as well. There's also Wi-Fi on board, 802.11ac with a gigabit Ethernet port so you can have a wired connection as well if you've got a cable nearby, but if you don't, you've got Wi-Fi too. Also, two USB 3.0 ports for media file playback, and on the audio side can handle all the major formats, uh, including internal decoding for Dolby True HD, DTS HD. There's also Bitstream output output for those new formats like Dolby Atmos and DTS-X. It's got 7.1 channel analog output. There are two HDMI outputs. So there's a HDMI 2.0 for 4K UHD video and a HDMI 1.4 for audio. And there's also a HDMI 2.0 input. So two HDMI outputs and one input. So you can have connections running from a TV uh, into an audio system or a receiver. And an output, of course, to go to your television. But when you, uh, if there's any, the th the thing with this product is that it is always open to firmware upgrades, and th that's one th one strength of the Oppo system is they're always updating the firmware to give uh, to improve the performance of the hardware. And one of the things you're going to see uh, with a firmware update is Dolby Vision. So the hardware is already designed to support Dolby Vision, which is like a which is like high dynamic range on steroids. We've spoken in the past about Dolby Vision and how it works. HDR kind of sets a, a master setting for how the picture quality should look for the whole film. 
what Dolby Vision does is actually tune it on the fly. So it's like giving, it's like tuning the 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 HDR, the high dynamic range for every scene, every shot of the movie you're watching. So it does uh, it does have a superior performance there. And good news that the UDP uh, two hundred three is going to support that. Uh, you can buy it now. The UDP two hundred three is priced at nine hundred and forty nine dollars. And Will will do a complete review at techguide.com.au. But in the meantime, if you want to check out those specs and some pictures of this player, you know where to go: techguide.com.au. Well, Foxtel have just released a brand new app just for kids. It's called, funny enough, Foxtel Kids. This is an app that allows your children to watch their favourite TV shows on the move. Now, this is similar to Foxtel Play. For those who've got Foxtel and enjoy Foxtel Play on the move, Foxtel Go, uh, these are great apps that allow you to watch live TV or uh, watch uh, on-demand content as well. But the Foxtel Kids app, of course, is designed for children. So the, the interface is really easy to navigate. It's got all those great channels that kids love, things like Nick, Disney, Cartoon Network, all the majors there. All those favourite channels, we're talking Boomerang, Discovery Kids, Nick Jr., all of those great channels can be viewed on the Foxtel Kids app. As long as you're a Foxtel customer, of course, so you've got a Foxtel box or your Foxtel Play customer or your Foxtel from Telstra customer, you can access the Foxtel Kids app. But even though it's made for kids, it also has parental controls in mind. So it really does help parents regulate what their kids can watch. So one of the examples is you can select classifications between G and PG. So you you might have a younger child, maybe a five or six-year-old watching it, or you may then hand it off to maybe a, a 10, 11-year-old, 12-year-old who may be able to watch PG content. So a parent can set those. The other big thing about it is you can also set a time limit on Foxtel Kids. So when it's time to stop, a little notification comes up on the screen. So, okay, time to stop watching now. And that's a pretty hard and fast limit. So rather than you you trying to convince a child, no, turn it off, you you need to go to bed now, you can actually set limits within the app. And if the particularly tech-savvy child, and let's face it, any child, you've seen kids using smartphones and tablets like it's second nature to them, even if the child uh, exits the app, uh, closes it down, you know, on on an iPhone, uh, on an iPad, you can double-click and close the app and then call it up again. The app actually remembers that, it was shut down that a limit has been applied so when that when they tr- if they try to get around that curfew the the app remembers that the original setting and continues to lock the child out of that of that particular uh, of that particular program or still stops using it altogether the other good news is too you can actually download uh, shows to the uh, into the app so uh, so you can watch programs offline you might be on a, on a car trip or on a plane you can have you can download plenty of content and it'll remain on the device for up to 31 days and in that time you can watch it as many times as you want so the Foxtel Kids app uh, is is really handy can be registered on up to five devices per account and can be used by two kids at the same time so there's no so no arguments there'll be no arguments amongst the kids they can access it and watch their favorite shows so the Foxtel Kids app it's available now it's a free app available from the Google Play Store and the App Store, if you're using an iOS device, well worth checking out. If you're a Foxtel customer and you've got kids, then you need to get yourself the Foxtel Kids app. 
It is really handy. Your kids will love it. You'll also love it too. And you'll also have plenty of control over the content as well. If you want to check that story out, you can find it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just released Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls and stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem and maximises the speed you're already paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives the home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. couple of quick questions on the Tech Guide help desk. We had a, uh, a reader uh, email us at info at techguide.com.au with a question about listening to the radio on their LG smart TV. They uh, Their soundbar or the receiver had difficulty uh, receiving certain FM stations uh, through the FM band. And our suggestion was to see if he could download the L- the uh, the TuneIn radio app to the LG TV so they can play it using their internet connection, play the radio through the internet connection rather than relying on the radio, their radio coverage. The other suggestion too is that you can actually tune in radio or music stations uh, right by your, your digital TV stations as well. So that's worth a look, and you can pipe that all through a soundbar or your speakers if you've got a receiver. Uh, really easy thing to do. But if you can download the TuneIn Radio app, that gives you access to all of the radio stations through the internet rather than through uh, radio signals. The other question we had was a customer who, uh, a reader, I'm sorry, said that they had a hard drive connected to a Mac laptop, and that hard drive. Uh, the, the person had sold the Mac laptop and purchased a Windows laptop, and now the new Windows laptop can't read the hard drive. Now, the reason for that is pretty easy to explain, is the fact that the hard drive was formatted for a Mac computer. When he tried to connect it to his Windows computer, it didn't recognize it because it wasn't formatted to be read by a Windows computer. But the good news is there are apps that you can install on a Windows device that can then read read a Mac formatted drive. Plenty of those are around. The one called HFS Explorer. HFS is a type of formatting. Uh, there is another one called Paragon HFS. Uh, and these, are, of course, will run on your on the Mac. So, oh, sorry, on, on Windows to give you access to a Mac formatted drive. There's another one called Mac Drive. You've got to pay for that one. That's $50. But there are plenty of free ones. The, the free one was HFS Explorer. Uh, the Paragon HFS Plus for Windows is 20 bucks, but you get a 10-day free trial. So uh, a lot of applications to help get you around this issue. And once you are around the issue, save everything to your computer. And then once you've done that, once they're saved on your computer, reformat the hard drive 
and then you can then reformat it to suit your Windows environment, and then you can then back up your stuff to the hard drive directly from the computer as well. Uh, we've written about plenty of these solutions in the past, as well as external hard drives, and you can read them all at techguide.com.au. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at techguide.com.au. If you're on Twitter, look me up. My handle is at Stephen Fennec, and Stephen spelled with a PH. So uh, get out there, follow me. If you say g'day to me on Twitter, I guarantee I'll say g'day to you back. A special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again next week, and we're going to discuss the products and technology that we've seen here at the Consumer Electronics Show. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.